It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic alongside Joey Medora as we got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 24th day of September. 79 degrees and a little partly cloudy outside here in southeast Ohio. It's a Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And Joey, I mean, we've missed a week. You know, it's been one week since we've had the Sports Fan. We've got a lot of cover, a lot to go over. Uh, of course, talk a little bit about the Athens and Megs game coming up tomorrow. Of course, I'll be right here on the station, 970 WATH. And then our Athens County game of the week over on WXTQ, which will be Waterford at Trimble. And, of course, you can hear both games starting at 6.50 with kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Uh, but, Joe, it's been a week. Uh, how you been? Uh, pretty good. Just uh, dealing with classes and stuff, uh, you know. Having uh, some car issues, but uh, no big deal. We got a lot of sports to talk about. Uh, Ohio, a lot of things going on, especially Bengals, Reds, big high school games tomorrow with Trimble and Waterford. So uh, that, it's all, it's exciting. It's going to be a fun weekend uh, for football. And, you know, we're getting back into it where you have football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, that's when it really starts to feel like football season again. And uh, we're right in the thick of it with college, high school pros, everything. So it's, uh, that's pretty exciting. We got the Big Ten coming up. We've got a Mid-American Conference announcement. I believe the SEC on, starts this weekend as well front, yeah. for college. we got the MAC, we got the Big Ten coming back. I think the Mountain West are, are having plans to come back and have some football this fall. Uh, so we got to wait and see. But it will be uh, you know exciting times, of course, since we do have you know Ohio State football coming our way. Uh, and, and you mentioned you know, it's been an okay week for you, right? It's got to be going better than the person that was up in Logan the other day uh, watching that other football game and having to deal with the mask and stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw that online. I think it's been circulating everywhere. But there was a, a woman who refused to wear a mask uh, at a Logan football game, and it got escalated to a point to where, you know, the, the I think it was a school resource officer who pulled out his taser, tasered the, the woman, and then uh, escorted her off the premises. And now I'm taking a look at both sides of this thing here. And, you know, they she did say that she had some kind of a condition, uh whatever it was, but you know, it's just an unfortunate situation that, that you find yourself in because one, on one hand, you're trying to keep everybody safe. You're trying to make sure that the spread doesn't spread. Uh, we've been saying it ever since March now. Uh, but then on the other hand, you got to take into consideration, you know, the asthma or wh whatever she's, she said she had because uh, you have to take those health considerations into a, 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 in a factor. Uh, but either way, I mean, it's not a good situation uh, when you have it escort somebody off during a, a middle school or a JV game. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think the rules have been pretty clear that you're going to have to wear a mask to be in a stadium of a high school football game around here. Uh, whether you like the rule or not, it is a rule. You, you have to follow it. Um, you can choose not, not, not to go to the game if, if uh, you have underlying health conditions. I mean, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. Um, Probably didn't need to get escalated to the point it got escalated to, but uh, I think these schools are really trying to try their best to keep their kids uh, safe and keep everybody intending these games safe, and sometimes uh, people get a little carried away. I just think that's all that really happened. I didn't really read in too much about her having asthma or things like that, but also I think some would argue if you have an underlying condition, maybe you shouldn't be out around other people uh, to, to begin with in, in the first place. So Yeah, so it was a 
there was a press release by the Logan Police Department on Facebook, and they say it was a at the Logan High School Stadium for seventh and eighth grade football games, um, and it was the officer who's a school resource officer was brought in just to make sure people were wearing their masks, right? Uh, so they go through, and you can you know, go out online. You can probably see the video; it's circulating out there. Uh, but then at the bottom of the post, the Logan Police Department then goes, it's important to note the female was not arrested for failing to wear a mask. She was asked to leave the premise for continually violating school policy. Once she refused to leave the premise, she was advised she was under arrest for criminal trespassing, resisted the arrest, which then led to the use of force. Uh, so the police department has taken the stance to where, you know, they asked you to leave, you didn't leave, you, you were placed under arrest, and then that, that authorized the use of force. And people who are saying, you know, maybe it was a little bit too excessive to tase somebody uh, because they weren't wearing a mask. And it's because you know, she might have had some kind of health condition that, you know, would be exempt from the uh, governor's order to, you know, wear a mask. The specific groups of people are exempt from wearing it. Is asthma one of them? I, I, if you have a, a breathing or uh, what is it, respiratory uh, condition, right, if you have any problems with that, then I think that's an exception to the... To the to the order, mm -hmm. uh, but if anyone wants to chime in, seven four zero five nine two six six four six seven four zero five nine two six six four six. The number to call into the sportsman. Uh, I don't know what you think. I mean, it, it's a weird situation that that it's going through right now. But uh, at, at the end of the day, somebody wanted to make sure everyone was safe, and then it, it's just you could see both sides to it. You know, again. It, it's unfortunate it happens, um, but now they know. You know people got to wear masks. Um, and, of course, with everybody that's been trying to get these games up and going, I mean, Athens had a, a game canceled last week because of COVID. Uh, and then Wellston lost to Gallia 1914 on Saturday. Uh, and then Athens will have this week off of rest. They were getting ready to go. And they've got Megs coming up tomorrow here, Joey. And you know, that will be a an important game for Athens to try to bounce back and try to win as they move forward throughout this week five. I mean, week six comes along, and then you're already into the postseason. Yeah, uh, which I think the interesting thing about this game is you want to see how the week off of not playing will affect Athens, right? Because uh, you can spin as a positive and say, well, that game got canceled Friday. They were right back on the practice field Saturday, and you would assume right away getting ready for Meg. So they had those extra days to pre to prepare and be ready for the, uh, the Marauders on Friday night. Um, but you can also spin it that, uh, you know, these guys haven't played against anybody else for, you know, over a week. Is it going to, you know, lead to some sloppy play early on, some uh, sluggishness? Um, so we'll see how they react. Uh, I know we got a, a tip from Trevor Stevens that Coulter Cleveland won't be playing tomorrow night. I think that, you know, obviously swings the game a big way in uh, Athens' favor because, you know, I think you already had the favor, Athens, in the game. But looking at uh, Megs with Coulter Cleveland, I mean, we saw it earlier this year against Vinton County when he's playing and playing well. I mean, he can go out there and make plays against anybody. But now he's out of the game, and then you got to look at it from a fact that they're coming off two pretty big losses. Megs, you know, probably feeling a little bit down, and they also lost their starting quarterback. If I remember off the top of my head, we talked about this on Football Friday night, their, their backup quarterback's a freshman, and I believe it's Coulter's younger brother, if uh, I'm not mistaken, and I mean, that's that's a tough game to be thrown into uh, if, uh, for a freshman quarterback to have to try and take on Athens, who uh, obviously one of the, the, the biggest and best programs in the Ohio for a long time now had a little bit of a rough start this year. But of course, they're looking to get back on track as we head into the postseason. Right. I mean, you got to if you're Megs, you got to figure out a way to advance since Colton Cleveland will not be playing in tomorrow's game. You got to 
get creative. I mean, Coulter was a freshman when he started behind center. Um, so the, you got to figure out, you know, what what do you have? See what you have in the future. You still have another year of Coulter. And even then, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, Coulter's future career, we mentioned it on Football Friday Night, uh, you know, last week. I was talking about it where, you know, Coulter's going to play at the at, at a next level, right? He, he's that caliber quarterback. He's already gotten some looks at Division One level. You know, you don't want to risk it here your junior year and risk, you know, your future playing years uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, so it's smart. Shut him down right now. Um, you know, have him come back next year, whatever it is. Maybe if he gets healthy, maybe you fit him into a game later on this season, uh, depending on how far you go into the postseason. But at this point, you know, there's there's no real reason to risk, you know, the health of uh, Coulter Cleveland uh, in, in this game right now, especially since you're not really going for anything except – uh, maybe the TVC Ohio title, maybe. Uh, that's you know. out of the question. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with, with the two losses or the one loss, right, they're still in it, right, because they only have one loss to Nelsonville, York, but they're going to need But they're not help. in it. Like, they're right. not, they're, they lost their best player. I mean, it's not going to be well, the yeah. same team that, that beat VC. It's not going to be the same it's team just, that beat River Valley. Even with them against NY, they got rolled, you know, I don't you know, that that's just, I think, out of the question. Statistically speaking, you're not out of it. But if, if we look at it from that direction, yes. I mean, you need your best player out there. And with the loss to Nelsonville, York already, it does not look good for Mex. Because uh, then you still have Wellston on, on, on the, uh, you know, on the schedule. You still have Athens, Alexander. And Logan. Yeah, and Logan. And, I mean, Alexander now, if Coulter is not playing, we already know how physical of a team Alexander had had throughout the season, gave a couple teams some uh, some struggles at points I mean, that wasn't going to be a cakewalk of a game necessarily either. So, I mean, the, the rest of the schedule isn't, isn't uh, favorable there for Megs. So you got to think about, you know, what, what are you playing for here? If they think they have a chance to make some kind of run in the postseason, then maybe you, you try to expedite bringing uh, Cleveland back. But it, it, it just doesn't seem like down the stretch here there's going to be too many games that you, you're going to see Megs winning. Right, and as we take a look at on the the Bulldog side, you know, they got the Alexander win, twenty to thirteen. Uh, lost close loss to Vinton County, twenty eight to twenty. He lost to Marietta, and I mean, talking to Frazee in that that game, uh, it was close. I mean, what, what was it, a, a lateral or something? Uh, something where you know Athens was almost yeah, they ran a hook and ladder, and yeah. Peyton Gale tried to tried to score, got tackled. Uh, yeah, it's just not one of those things. Uh, Kind of similar to the to the VC game, where if you, if you have another quarter, you feel like Athens might be able to to come back and win. Unfortunately, you only get four of them, right? So uh, you got to take advantage of that. Uh, a couple sluggish starts for the Bulldogs in uh, in those two games that you just talked about. Um, we had, when we had Coach White, he he, he talked about wanting to you know get into a, a rhythm a little bit quicker offensively. That was going to be a focus in the Wellston game that obviously didn't happen. But now you have a chance against Megs, a team that you're better than, to really I think find your identity as a team and uh, gear up and prepare for You don't want to look ahead. you got to take care of Megs first. But, uh, you know, it's tough to, around here, it's tough not to peek ahead when you have Nelsonville-York the next week with just how big of a game that always is around here. Um, and it looks like Nelsonville-York could potentially have a shot to be playing for a, a TVC title depending on how things play out with Wellston throughout the rest of their schedule. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Athens just has to handle their business tomorrow. I, I think they're going to try to uh, establish a bit of the run game. That's another thing Coach White brought up that uh, they, at times this year, they kind of got away from it rather quickly. And uh, maybe maybe sometimes you got to pull back on the reins and just trust, uh, trust his senior quarterback and Joey Moore, who has done a great job not turning the ball over this year, uh, has been finding uh, his receivers. You know, it's just, 
if they can avoid a sluggish start, you know, take Megs out of the game early, I think you could see some heads drop, and I think Athens could uh, wind up going on to win a big one tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to, like you said, you got to favor the Bulldogs in this matchup. You know, you're playing away at Megs, uh, so that's maybe the, the most difficult part. But, again, when your star quarterback is out of the game, uh, you know, Athens has to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, they're at 1-1 one one right now in, in the TVC Ohio uh, currently tied at least with the, the rankings here uh, with Megs, Nelsonville, York, and then Wellston sits at the top. But you're tied for second. You're just one and one, or maybe you're, you're third right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you got to look at that. Any, uh, having the cancellation of the game and not because they're not going to earn a share because they're going to play less games than somebody else. But I think they have to make up that game at some point because if, if you cancel it, I mean, it's got to be made up at the latest or the earliest date that you can. And if you don't go further into the postseason, I could see Athens. So they're going to make that. So, up. okay, they can make them play it again yeah. later on to figure out who won the conference. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I think they still should. I I mean, I don't know if I want to play for that to get bounced out of the playoffs. but uh. All right. And, of course, when we had Nathan White on the, the program last week, you know, Coach was talking about, well, why wouldn't anybody want to be in the postseason? Why right. wouldn't they want to, you know, try and, and, and have their shot to go as far as they could. Oh, yeah, if you're going to play the first six games and not worry about coronavirus, and I mean, might as well keep on going. I, I understand his point there fully. Right, and I was seeing the, uh, as we talk about a little bit of the postseason, a couple of local teams right now are have opted out of the postseason, including Alexander, uh, River Valley, Federal Hawking, uh, South Gallia, and Southern. So those are the uh, you know, TVC teams right now that have opted out. Again, Alexander, River Valley, Federal Hawking, uh, South Gallia, and Southern are all those TVC teams, and a couple others opted out after uh, Joe Itell put the, that information out there. But, uh, I mean, so th- those teams will not participate. Some of those teams have decided to play games past, like, week six, though, haven't they? They've, they've already had games scheduled that they're going to play, uh, well, anticipating they lose in the postseason. But if you opt out, you're still allowed to play up to ten games, right? You can schedule that many. Yeah, you, you can schedule up to your 10-week schedule, but nothing can be played after the 21st of November. Mm-hmm. I think that's when they're looking to wrap up the state championships right. and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure we'll see a couple of those teams play, uh, maybe each other perhaps, since uh, they decided to out of the postseason. I would, I would think, though, around the state you would see a lot of teams that are uh, struggling in their conference, unless they're playing in a really, really tough conference, that uh, they'll decide just to not play the postseason and maybe schedule a couple more games uh, for the seniors and things like that. Just to uh, just to play, um, well, you know, I, I see both sides. You know, if you're River Valley right now, you're zero and four, haven't played a close game yet. You know, what what you're going to go to the postseason and assume that the same thing is going to continue to happen that already happened through the first six games. But at the same time, as a competitor, I think you want to give yourself a shot to, you know, if you get a free pass in the postseason, take it. But you oh, know. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, once you're in there, I mean, you never know what could happen. And that, that's the exciting part about the postseason where, you know, anybody can, if you're in it, you, you got a chance to win it. Now, is it always the case? I mean, if you go against a team that has six foot, you know, 250 pounds linemen all across the board and you don't really have that to match up with, well, you might get out muscled, sure. But, you know, yeah, at least have a shot. You're in there. You, you play the game. You know, I see nothing wrong with it. at least you know, trying to see what, what you can make of you know, the postseason. And a lot of these teams are going to be in the postseason for the first time in a long time. Uh, so that that's, again, you get a little bit of a feather in your cap. I think I'll be a bit of an asterisk next to that one for uh, the team's breaking playoff droughts there. <laughs> you think so? I I mean, you got a free pass. I don't really know if, uh, you know, that, that, that matters all too much. 
Well, if you go back in the record books, I mean, that'd be t- I mean, then we'd have no cool stories the next couple of years because everybody would have made the playoffs since 2020 on. Yeah, it's just like a fresh restart. You hit the restart button, and then you know anybody with the uh, playoff drought will start next year. Yeah. Or if you didn't opt into the postseason this year, then you can. And your drought of, continues. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be it. But anyway, we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we got some more stuff to break down. We got the Bengals coming up this weekend. Of course, um, Burrow and the Bengals didn't look uh, close game, 35-30 uh, against, of course, the Browns. Uh, but we'll break the stuff down. And, of course, the Reds making their way into the postseason. Maybe they don't have that spot yet, but they're getting close, and they've definitely turned their season around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. For the best in rock, grunge, metal, and whatever, join Sky. Ah, what a good night. Every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 till midnight on Power 105 with Full Throttle. Hey, hey guys, I'm loving Full Throttle tonight. I'm rocking, you're rocking, shoot sugar, everybody's rocking tonight. Brought to you by Avalanche Pizza, where every pizza is an adventure. Now's the time to finish what you started by completing your degree at Ohio Dominican University. It's not easy to always get to the finish line, but the only way you're going to get is you got to keep moving. Just kept putting one foot in front of the other. There was no quit. I was not going to give up. Pursue your bachelor's degree in high-demand fields such as business, risk management, and more. Classes start soon. Get started at ohiodominican.edu adult. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Hi, I'm Sky Hope, and during this pandemic, Precision Imprint is still in business and they're printing masks. Precision Imprint can take care of all your screen printing and embroidery needs, and they also have T-shirts for employee identification and business promotion. They've been printing locally in Athens, Ohio since 1988 and remain committed to this community. Call for an appointment at 740-592-5916 or email precisionimprint to gmail.com. You can also visit their website at precisionimprint.com. Hi, I'm Vivica Fox. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been rescuing animals during hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. But Mother Nature isn't the only danger animals face. Sometimes, it's human nature. Every year, six million animals are abandoned and more than a million are euthanized. You can be a hero to animals in need of rescue and adoption at AmericanHumane.org. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Back inside the WATH studios as it's a sports fan. Mills the Mike alongside Joy Medora again up until 7 o'clock today. No Reds, they got the day off, but around this time last week it was Cincinnati Bengals as the Bengals 
uh, you know, had a close game against the Browns. It was, uh, I, I thought, for throwing for 61 times, I thought Burrow did a, a pretty nice job. Uh, of course, they really did not have the run game really going for Cincinnati, uh, but you got to tip your cap to the Browns. I mean, they had a balanced offense, and the Browns just could not be stopped on the ground. Chubb and uh, was Hill is the, the other running back for uh, Hunt. Hunt, Kareem Hunt. And uh, yeah, those two just ran all over the fields. Uh, I, th- I thought Cleveland looked impressive. Uh, of course, they needed to look impressive after their week one loss to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. But, you know, Browns went out there. They, they got that win, and you know, they, they definitely looked better than they did. But yeah, and with the with Cleveland coming up this week, yeah, you got to it, it's going to be the um, with Cincinnati. It's going to be you know, Cincinnati and, and uh, the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. And with that game, you know, it's going to be a. I I think it's probably going to be a close game again. Ooh. I don't really see. You, you think that the Eagles are going to blow out Cincinnati this year? I think uh, you're describing week. the Browns game as way closer than it was, first of all. Um, the five-point game. They scored a touchdown with under a minute left to make it a five-point game. Back when I, I've known p- plenty of other quarterbacks, when they do that, it's garbage time stats. So I'm not, you know. Um, well, I, what you got to look at here, right? The Eagles are a team that some picked to make the postseason this year. They're 0-2. Uh, they lost to Washington, blowing a 17-point lead, and they came back and played a really good Rams team this past week, and Kind of got uh, rolled over in that one. Uh, so they're looking for a win. They're at home. Uh, you know, Wentz hasn't played the sharpest early on this year. Um, but I don't I don't know. I just don't see the, the, the Bengals' defense, man. I mean, you saw the formula. Oh, you got to run the ball. They can't stop yeah. it. I mean, the Browns darn near had two guys go for 100 yards. I mean, Chubb was running up and down the field. He was kind of the sledgehammer, uh, just uh, – picking up the five and six yards and then hunt didn't really start getting the ball until the second half. And you just saw him with fresh legs against a tired Bengals defense who was on the field most of the game. And I mean, you saw what he was able to make happen. I mean, he was averaging uh, up over five, six yards to carry. Uh, the Eagles have a very talented running back in Miles Sanders, who is very talented running and catching the ball. So that's going to pose problems for them. I just haven't seen uh, really so far this year, the Bengals be able to prove to you defensively, that they're going to be able to stop anybody. I mean, they slowed down Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, and then he saw what the offense did when it was Herbert at the helm of the offense and uh, had a close game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they looked a little bit better. Uh, Herbert made some rookie mistakes throughout that game. Uh, but, yeah, and then also the other side, of, and it's not necessarily Joe's fault at this point, but he's averaging 5.4 yards per attempt, and that's mainly because they don't, have, they don't have time to be able to throw the ball down the field. He can't drop back and hold the ball three, four seconds to wait for someone to get open down the field. He didn't have time to do that. He doesn't even get three seconds. He's got two and a half. Right, so that, and that's what's leading to his numbers, but it's been a lot of dink and dunk so far because that's what, they're gonna, that's what they have to do. They don't have the time. Uh, I mean, and they had some opportunities week one to link up down the field, and they missed a couple. He missed a couple throws. Uh, I mean, that he's a rookie. You expect that to happen. Um, didn't really see it again in the in the in the Browns game. It was a lot of long, methodical, short five, six yard passes. They went perfect on fourth down. By the way, I mean, just who would have thought that uh, the Browns just couldn't get off the field on a fourth down? Um, didn't matter yeah. how long it was. I mean, if it was fourth down and ten, I mean, they they would have gotten it. Yeah, and. and 
I mean, throwing the ball 60 times in any NFL game not going to favor you, but especially not going to favor you when you have a defense that can't really stop anybody, right? Because, I mean, they gonna, they're going to have to play a – they have a really talented running back in Mixon. You're going to have to kind of try to play a possession game this year, I think, to try to hang around in these games because, I mean, we just saw the Browns are moving down the field with ease, running the ball. They were having three, four-minute drives running the ball. Like, they didn't even have to – throw the bombs down the field. They did that. Will Jackson got toasted by Odell a couple times. One of them was a holding that they didn't call. Um, there was a couple of those calls where they, they should have called it, but they really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this secondary looks very vulnerable. Uh, there's another speedster coming in this weekend to Sean Jackson for for uh, for the Eagles. They also have really talented tight ends. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, two good guys. I'm not really sure who at linebacker or safety is going to be able to slow those guys down as well. And then also they can get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game. Uh, just like I said, I, it's, it's a tough one going on the road to Philly for Cincinnati. Um, and I, you know, it's a four and a half point spread. Although I have seen a lot of people are taking the, uh, the Bengals money line cause it's like plus plus one eighty, which, uh, I mean, that's not, that's not bad. I, I just don't see the Bengals being able to slow down Philly, despite the fact Philly's offense hasn't really done too much in uh, the first couple of weeks, but neither did Cleveland's week one, and then they came out and put up 35 points on the Bengals. Oh, so. yeah, they finally worked out a way to actually use their offense correctly, right? Because that was a big thing that Browns fans, I think, were screaming about all last year with Freddie Kitchens. Run the ball with Nick Chubb. Now, finally, Stefanski got a clue, and he's like, all right, hey, look, we got a, two, pretty good court, uh, two pr- pretty good running backs right now. And if, when that's the case, you know, use them. Don't put all the pressure on Baker Mayfield just because you, you had a good relation, talking about Freddie Kitchens, because you had a good relationship with, with Baker Mayfield. does not mean you need to put the ball in his hands 30, 40, 50 times a game. You know, run the ball. Use your, your good running back. And that's finally what Stefanski did here in week number two. And that was the, the formula to beating the Bengals. Because Cincinnati just did not have a run defense, and they could not tackle. Even if they were there in the vicinity, there was no way that they were bringing down Chubb. He would get an extra five yards just with dragging somebody on the ground behind him. But Bengals could not tackle. Uh, and, of course, the, the big, I think the turning point in that game was, you know, when Joe was leading the offense and then, uh, you know, that fumble close to the the, uh, the end zone Right after the defense had kept you know, Chubb and Mayfield out of the end zone, uh, you know, they get the ball right back off of that turnover, and then it was really Browns all the way through. Uh, and then they made it close at the end, but still, you know, that was, that was definitely a turning point in that game last week. And when it comes to the Eagles, they've been struggling so far this season, but I think the one key if Cincinnati's going to have a chance in this game is trying to get both Burrow and A.J. Green on the same page because out of, what was it, 17 pass attempts or something like that, it, the ball went close to uh, to Green mo- It was 13, 13 targets, only three catches. Exactly. And whether that be overthrown, a drop, miscommunication, whatever it is, I mean, you got to have your star wide receiver you know, in sync with your future quarterback. Uh, and I think if the Bengals are going to be able to have success this season, they really have to get that connection going. Well, what you also got to look at, uh, I think you got to be smart for Zach Taylor drawing up the game plan. The Eagles have had a pretty solid defense, top 10 in the league overall, yardage-wise, first couple weeks. Uh, they're six against the pass. They're 22nd against the rush. Okay, so that, That's where they've been vulnerable in the first couple weeks. 
And you have a pretty good running back. As you mentioned in Joe Mixon, who uh, had some success with his touches week one, kind of out of the game a little bit this past week. Uh, so I think you got to take advantage of that. I mean, the Eagles are going to have a, a good defense. It's not going to be easy for, for, for Joe to sit back and throw against these guys. they got some aggressive corners that, that play pretty well. They like to man you up. Um, so I think you've got to focus on running the football in, in this week. That's where the Eagles have been vulnerable. Now, I mean, on the other side of the ball, the Eagles really haven't done anything too well offensively. But as I mentioned, you know, I have a feeling that the, the the Bengals defense this year might be, you know, we're talking about how successful Cleveland looks all of a sudden that defense might be the leader to the next week, you know, after the Eagles play, we said, Oh, now the Eagles have figured it out too. But I, I don't know. There's just no real talent on that defense. They're, they're banged up up front now with the reader being hurt. You know, Adkins has been banged up the first couple weeks. So that's also, I mean, that's what they were brought in to do. They thought that maybe with those two guys up front, that would help stop the run. And they're both nursing injuries right now. And, you know, you just don't have the, the athleticism at linebacker. I mean, Josh Bynes, okay. It's not anything special. Uh, and no, I mean, you don't really see anybody else out there doing anything. I mean, Brad came on here Friday complaining about the Browns defense not having any players. Well, I mean, <laughs> who's a player on this Bengals defense? Uh, you know, so. Exactly. And I was trying to take a look because Cincinnati definitely, I would say, has a better roster constructed than than. Like the Jets. They're not the worst team in the NFL this year, I'll tell you that. Like There is still a chance against certain teams that Cincinnati will go out there and, and win some games. And I'm not saying that this game against the Eagles is unwinnable. I think that you know they could surprise anybody, especially just like the, uh, the Monday night game. I mean, did you catch the Raiders and uh, New Orleans Saints? I mean, I don't know anybody who would have given the, the Raiders a, a shot in that game. Some people did. But you, know, you thought that the Saints would have been you know, Super Bowl contenders this year. And here comes John Gruden and uh, Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders, and they made it a ball game. They they made it more than a ball game. They they went out there and won it. Uh, but when when it comes to Cincinnati, you know they definitely have a roster to go out there and they will win a couple games and win more than two games this season. Uh, I thought they could have had a chance against the Chargers, especially with Taylor at quarterback. And then, you know, maybe that defense is is a little bit. You know, better than, than what people thought in the preseason for the Chargers. Uh, but you got to go out there and see the Eagles because week four brings the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the uh, Jacksonville's, a, I think they're a good team. I, I, I think they, listen, you got Bake, you got uh, Gardner Minshew, who's you know, tearing it up right now, and you're number two behind the, um, you know, underneath center. Jacksonville's not a pushover. Now, Jacksonville is going to win some games here. I think they're either 500 or above 500 this year. You're crazy. I haven't gone and <laughs> you dug are deep. crazy. I have not dug deep into the Jacksonville schedule, but I think Jacksonville is going to have a, a nice year. Just through two weeks, I like what I saw from them. So you're and saying it, the Bengals could potentially be 0 and 4 after four weeks because the Jaguars are going to. That is my overall point in this, right? Because you take a look at the Eagles; they were projected to do well. You know, they really haven't hit their stride yet. But against the the Cincinnati defense, we'll see. You know, it's going to be a tough, tough game against the Eagles, tough game against the Jaguars. And then when you hit week five, uh, I'm interested in seeing what the Ravens do against the Chiefs. But, you know, there's hands down the Ravens are the best team uh, right now out of, you know, Pittsburgh and you know, the Cleveland and Cincinnati. It's the Ravens to lose. Um, so week five does not get easier. And then week six, Phillip Rivers and the Colts, maybe. But 
it's difficult first couple weeks here for, for Cincinnati, nonetheless. Yeah, and what you should be worried about, really, I'll say it again. I mean, Russ Heltman pointed this out. There are going to be some games where the offense looks really good. I mean, there were times uh, Thursday night they played pretty darn well. Uh, when they had to against the Chargers, they put a drive together, drove the ball down the field, gave them a chance to win, pass interference, okay, but you still got a manageable 30-yard field goal, and then, unfortunately, your kicker uh, gets, gets a bit of a cramp. We're not sure which leg it was on, but, uh, um, I, you know, you lose that one. That's tough, uh, but, you know, they, they started clicking towards the end of the Browns game and uh, obviously put up 30 points. I think we're going to see throughout the year there's going to be a lot of games where they can score some points. They're going to put up 20 to 30 points, and uh, the offense is going to look sharp. Joe's going to keep growing, learning how to read NFL defenses, getting used to the speed of the game. Uh, but unfortunately, Joe's not playing on the other side of the ball, and I think that's where the biggest problem's going to be. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a rebuilding process, right? You can't get your hopes too down. You can't get your hopes too high because, again, this team went 2-14 and 14 last year. I said it a lot leading up to, you know, a couple sports fans coming up, but, you know, it, it's going to take a lot more than just a revamped offense and a couple pieces shifted around and, and improved on defense, especially when you have a couple of your uh, DJ readers out. You know, you, you got to you know, adapt. And when you don't have your star players on defense, then it's going to be a little bit difficult to improve where you really needed to you know, take leaps and bounds to have a successful year, at least on defense. Uh, I was impressed with the defense week one. Week two, obviously, gave up too many yards on the ground. Uh, really could not stop Cleveland at all. But well, that said, we got Reds talk coming up next. We'll take a short break on the sports fan, and we'll get into it. You're listening to the sports fan at 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. Too many choices can be overwhelming. Hmm, do I get the sausage biscuit or sausage McMuffin? It's called choice overload. But McDonald's makes breakfast easy. Just mix and match two of your select faves like any size soft drink or southern-style sweet tea. Sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, or hash browns for just $2. Okay, so I'm ordering the sausage biscuit and... Start your morning at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal, single item at regular price. Ballot when product served. Is pain from an injury interrupting your life's game plan? With comprehensive and minimally invasive surgical services available at multiple locations and an affiliation with Marshall Orthopedics, Holzer has the team to keep you off the sideline. With Holzer on your team, you'll be in the game for the moments that matter most. Holzer Health System. Excellent care every time. Hey, it's Boots. We'll get the latest from NASCAR and speak with attorney Jack Bozer talking drunk driving and crazy court cases. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. In association with Gruiser Realty and Building, Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. 5913015. 5913015. Five nine one three zero one five. What was that number again? I said five nine one three zero one five. You are listening to the Sports Fan on nine seventy WATH. It is the Sports Fan right here on this twenty fourth day of September. Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting Mills and Mike along with Joey Medor. No Reds today, but the Reds they needed a big week. And they got their big week 
I mean, Cincinnati has been phenomenal. They had the pitching. They've got the hitting. The bullpen has come through for them. And that's why I said last Thursday, you got to keep hope, right? Because you, you, <laughs> Oh, my God. Listen, have I been saying uh... it here? I said, listen, it's tough. It does not look good. But you got to keep hope because you still have the chance to get into the postseason. Lo and behold, they hold that eighth seed. Now, it's not going to be easy to continue to hold it. I mean, he's still got Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and, and the Mets are made almost mathematically eliminated, and how the Rockies aren't eliminated yet, I don't know. There's got to be some path for Colorado there. Uh, but they got 24, 24 wins, 31 losses. Uh, but for Cincinnati, 29 and 28. I mean, they turned their season around, and they turned it around quick. Votto's look good. Uh, Lucas Sims, uh, I hear Jeff Brantley, the Cowboy, talking about Lucas Sims coming through huge in relief. Uh, you know, obviously, the Cy Young favorite at this point has to be Trevor Bauer. I mean, Bauer's got the lowest DRA in the NL. He's got the most strikeouts in the NL. Uh, I think his whip is probably the lowest. He, he leads all three categories. And when he do that, you know, Bauer has been phenomenal and it's turned out to be a, a great trade for Cincinnati, especially this year. Um, they, they, they gave themselves a chance to go out there and win. And you know what? They they did. Uh, now you got the Twins coming up, and that's not going to be easy because Minnesota Twins, they're 35 and 22. They've clinched their way into the postseason, currently hold the number one spot in the Central uh, with the White Sox behind them just a game back. So it's not solidified there yet. But uh, take a look at the standings. Atlanta's won the, the NL East. Uh, Dodgers have got the top of the NL West. Chicago still uh, has clinched into the postseason, but you know, there's a chance that maybe uh, you know, St. Louis might have a chance to, to catch them. Uh, they haven't clinched the division yet, but you got the Dodgers, Atlanta, Chicago, Padres, St. Louis, Miami, San Francisco, and Cincinnati uh, all in the National League with the American lead uh, at, you know, I think it was Joey's pick at the top, but they've been the best American League team uh, so far, but you got a uh, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Minnesota, Chicago, White Sox, uh, the Yankees, Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto with a slim chance that the Angels or the Mariners could make the postseason, but uh, those are the only two teams left uh, still fighting for a spot, and they would be fighting for that eight spot, that second wild card from Toronto, but three-game lead right now for, for uh, the Blue Jays is going to be tough for either the Angels or uh, Seattle to, to make some noise up there. But it's getting close, getting down to the wire and getting within that first and or final week of uh, regular season here in the MLB. Yeah, well, it, as you mentioned it for the Reds, it's a real big change recently. Uh, the, the timely hitting has started to show up a little bit that we said was lacking. It was kind of an all-or-nothing home run or bust type of team. They've been able to start to pick up some RBIs on some base hits rather than just relying on the long ball. And that's why you start to see some more runs in these games. Uh, uh, but it started off, you know, this kind of stretch here, a big sweep over the Pirates of the team that we said you're going to have to beat down the stretch to give yourselves even a shot. And then they took two or three from a very good White Sox team, two or three more from Milwaukee, who's another team that's battling for a spot right now. They're playing well. I mean, and the scary thing about this Reds team is if they are able to sneak in, and as you said, it's not going to be a cakewalk. you got three with the Twins to try to, clinch a spot here and it's tough because as you said the twins have not yet clinched that al central so they still have very much something to play for it's not like they are already know who they're going to end up playing so the twins aren't just going to you know lay down these next couple 
couple ball games looking towards the postseason. They still have something to play for as well. But what's scary about the Reds, if they get into this postseason, right, they have one of the best starting pitching staffs in all of baseball. And we all know how important in postseason baseball, you know, starting pitching is. And uh, if you can get a couple guys that are hot that you can pitch every three or four uh, get, uh, games in, uh, in playoff baseball, I mean, that's huge, especially having a three-game uh, series for the wild card round. You're going to have your three best guys ready to go if you even need them. So that, that, that's scary about this Twins, uh, the Reds right now. Um, the bullpen is still a concern. They still uh, have some issues. And, th- again, that's another thing that can cost a lot in postseason baseball because uh, if you don't have the, the back half of the bullpen, you know, you can blow a lot of games that you, that you should be winning. And that's what kind of happened early on with this team. Yeah, the big changes. I mean, we just talked about how, you know, they were ice cold hitting-wise from about mid-August to mid-September. I mean, they couldn't hit a lick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the home runs were always there, but they didn't come in enough bunches for them to really have success. But they started the hit with runners in scoring position better. Uh, the, the home runs are still up. You know, I think they hit a, uh, two or three more in last night's game. Bauer had a huge outing uh, that I believe it was the sixth inning where he had first and third, nobody out. Then he just went on the strike out the side, and you saw them, you know, pumping the glove and yelling and, and excitement. So uh, this Reds team is it's very much, I think, aware of the stakes of this next series. I think it's uh, a big testament to, to, to David Bell, uh, what he's been able to do to turn this thing around. There's a lot of people are starting to write him off uh, with all the struggles since there were such uh, high expectations this year and they, were able, and they weren't uh, fulfilling them. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here this last series. Uh, the Twins, very mighty lineup, uh, not, not nowhere near the pitching staff the Reds have. So that's going to be uh, an interesting matchup to see who can, uh, who can get the better of who. Right, and I even have Wade Miley in the bullpen. They brought Miley in. He thought he might have been a starter, uh, but you know he's kind of transitioned into that bullpen role and just coming off injury and pitched an inning, got the job done last night. But when it comes to you know Trevor Bauer and what he's done this shortened season, last night on short rest, he only had three days rest. Eight innings pitched, four hits, one run, one earned, one walk, and 12 strikeouts. He leads the National League now in ERA, which it's down to 1.73. He leads in ERA and strikeouts. He has a an even 100. They got 100 strikeouts. He's got an ERA sub two at 1.73. Uh, there's not a whole lot more that you could have asked for from Trevor Bauer this season, and he has really been when we had Troy calling at the beginning of the year, and he questioned why isn't Bauer the starter. Well, you had Sonny Gray, who's, who did well. You had you know, Trevor Bauer, who's pitched well. But Bauer has just far and exceeded every expectation that I think the Reds, a couple Reds fans, and maybe even himself, uh, you know, exceeded all those expectations and really has had a phenomenal year and has earned that Cy Young Award that should be his at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I would... The guy was a great pitcher in, in Cleveland. I mean, we're not going to sit here and pretend like he struggled and, the, you know, the, the Reds took a flyer on him. I mean, you expected no, him to come in and be a good pitcher. I, I never expected this. I didn't say that he was he was a solid pitcher, right? He, he was always good. He was decent. But he came into the year, and I think he had a four ERA last season, right? 6.39, actually. 6.39, even worse. Right? Uh, wait, how are you getting 6.39? I got 4.48. Well, he had, when he got to Cincinnati, it was 6.39. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he did even worse 
get when he was in Cincinnati. New new city, new team. I mean, he's probably had to get adjusted and everything. But he had a season where a 4.48 ERA total. Uh, but he had a pretty good year before then with a 2.21. And, of course, you know, DeGrom beat him out for the Cy Young that year. DeGrom was phenomenal. He was a great pitcher last year in 2019. Uh, he was still a good pitcher this year, but it's really been between you Darvish, DeGrom, and uh, Trevor Bauer. I'd love to get your Mets reference in there, just out of nowhere. Well, now we're talking about Trevor Bauer in the. In when the you're Mets, talking about we, the. We, I mean, throw, we throw in a Mets reference. I just, when it was Clayton the Kershaw. Done. The Reds aren't. When it was Kershaw winning back to back Cy Young Awards, you got to mention who took it away from him, right? No, because we're talking about 2020, not. 2016. Oh, yeah, but still, the, the guy who had the Cy Young, regardless of the team, just happened to be DeGrom. Uh, but DeGrom got the, the Cy Young Award for the past two years, and now uh, Bauer's going to take it from him. I, he deserves it, you know? Leading the league in ERA, leading the league in strikeouts. You know, win-loss has really been devalued. Uh, so when it comes down to pitching, I, I think Bauer's definitely wrapped up the award and has helped the team into the postseason, which is... I think they're even not more, in the postseason. Yeah, you're, you're you got, trying to throw the jinx in there right now. You, you got the spot though. It's easier to fight from the top down than than it is down up. And when when you're sitting in that eight seed, you you hope that you can maintain it and keep it there. Uh, but it was of course a huge win last night when uh, to to keep your postseason hopes alive because you beat the team that was kind of crawling up and getting closer to you in in the the Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers, and then. Uh, you, know, you you beat the team. Phillies are the only team I, I think that are that would contend for that eight seed. Now for Philly, I haven't seen what their schedule holds yet. But last night they beat the Washington Nationals by a score of twelve to three. Uh, but they beat them twelve to three last night. And if Philly wins a couple games here, maybe. The yeah. fighting Phils have Tampa Bay to close out the season. Which is going to be tough, but Tampa Bay also just got the uh, AL East. So maybe they might rest a couple people, get them healthy for the postseason. You don't know what kind of Tampa Bay rate team you're going to see. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just think you got to look at it. Uh, if you're a Cleveland fan uh, right now, you got to wonder what would have happened if you didn't decide to trade Bauer last year and you had Shane Bieber and Bauer and all these other guys on the same pitching staff. I mean, think about how un unstoppable that would be. So you're probably kicking yourself watching him uh, playing for the other Ohio team, having so much success. But, yeah, as you mentioned, he's probably the, the Cy Young winner. He's been a big part of the kind of this turnaround over the past couple weeks for the Reds, propelling themselves into a potential playoff spot. Uh, you assume you win this last series. That should be enough to get you in. And as we just mentioned, you know, Tampa Bay is a great team, and that's who, who the Phillies have to go through to try to jump the – jump the Reds. Now, Minnesota also a really good baseball team as well as they're trying to clinch the AL Central. But, I, I mean, I, f I favor the Reds matchup with the Twins because the Twins pitching staff struggles at times um, and the Reds obviously does not, uh, especially in the starting rotation. Now, it is a powerful lineup. A lot, of, a lot of good players in that Twins lineup. It's one of the best in baseball, top to bottom. So, it's not going to be an easy series, but they put themselves in an in a opportunity and about two or three weeks ago, I don't think we'd be expecting to be sitting here today saying going with three games left that the Reds would, you know, have a shot to, to clinch a playoff spot. First time since 2013 that the Reds are looking to do so. Uh, but, again, we'll take a short break. We'll wrap up the program. We'll preview a little bit about uh, the upcoming games, high school football, coming up next. Uh, of course, we've got our game of the week, which is Trimble and Waterford. And then on the station that you're listening to now will be Athens and Megs. 
We'll be right back. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting at 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. That's 800-323-0633. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. If you're a business owner, we know in spite of the tough times, you still want to give your business all the financial protection it needs. This is Mallory Swaim with Matthews Insurance. And for over 75 years, our business has been helping to protect Athens area businesses. Ohio Mutual and Matthews Insurance can provide you with a policy designed to serve your needs as well as fast and fair claim service and a great price too. Contact us today at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the Sports Fan on the 97s of WATH, 970 AM, 97.1 FM. Mills and Mike along with Joey Madour. And about four more minutes until we hit CBS at the top of the hour. But, you know, we've got we had the Ohio State Coaches Show. We had Coach Day on the uh, his show airing at 1 o'clock today. Uh, so we had that for you. And, of course, every Thursday it will be at 1 o'clock uh, right here on 97WATH. And uh, coming up tomorrow will be Tomcat football on WXTQ and Bulldog football right here on 970WATH. We talked about the Bulldogs earlier on in the program, uh, but over on our sister station, WXTQ, it will be Waterford at Trimble. That game I think could be huge. Uh, th this game is, that is, is the game of the year in the Hawking Conference. It will be. I mean, it, it's we already passed Trimble and Eastern. We know Eastern's definitely a, they're a good team. I mean, they, they might get second again, depending on what happens between Trimble and Waterford tomorrow. Uh, but it was a 10-8 to loss for Waterford against Eastern. Just goes to show you that you know, the, the offense that you saw from Waterford weeks one through three you know, got stagnated. 
against uh, against Eastern. And Eastern's defense has just been above and beyond what, what they have been in the past. And I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting game to see what happens between Trimble, uh, who just dropped 57 on Southern, right? It was yeah. Southern, South Guy, Southern. And, uh, you know, Waterford, who's coming off of a, a very close 10-8 to loss. Yeah, and you got to go into Gloucester. I think that's the that that's kind of the, the difference maker in this game. Uh, it's going to be tough for Waterford back to back really tough games. I don't think this. Uh, I think people are uh, kind of disregarding Waterford after that Eastern loss. When we 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 forget that Trimble and Eastern was a three point game, ten to seven. I don't think there's really too much that separates these top three teams here in the Hawking this season. Now next year when Trimble brings this entire team back, they will be a little bit different. But uh, right now, I think Waterford. They're viewing it kind of like Eastern did early this season where this is our shot to get them if we're going to beat them. And so they're going to be ready to play. It's going to be tough on the road. Uh, if you're an Eastern Eagles fan, you're rooting for Waterford because Waterford's able to knock off Trimble. That, that will, they'll all be tied at the top. They'll all get a share of the title. And that'll be the first time Eastern won the uh, hockey title since 2000. So it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, we'll see. I mean, both these teams have electric offenses at times. We've also seen both against Eastern. They, they, they had struggles. Waterford, you're going to have to take uh, advantage of the few mistakes that Trimble makes, and you, you just can't make them because Tom the Tomcats are going to make pay. They always do. Uh, that, that's kind of what shifted the balance in that Eastern game, right? Uh, one turnover, they got the ball inside the 10, they kicked the field goal. That ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, Heath Clemens and I were talking earlier today or yesterday. You can never count the Tomcats out. No. Even a new year, Absolutely new team, not. new faces, doesn't matter. Tomcats are going to go out there and do what they do best. All right, thank you for joining in us. Joining in on the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. CBS News at the top of the hour is next. I'm Connor Mills along with Joey Medor signing off. We will see you next time. Athens Bulldog football tomorrow. Trimble and Waterford over on WXDQ tomorrow as well.